This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For all NBA warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. It's Golden Spaces, an Odyssey original podcast with Justin and Nat. You know what? We're going to be on vibes tonight, even if the Warriors ain't on vibes, because <laughs> we can't be having them look us up and down. You know what I'm saying? Because Justin be vibing, yeah. vibing. So forget the Warriors. We're going to be on vibes, right? Okay. So what's good? We're here. We're here after two nights of shellacking. <laughs> Shellackings, <laughs> just embarrassing, embarrassing shellackings. Like even embarrassing for a team that is missing Stephen Curry, Andrew Wiggins, Dante DiVincenzo. We don't really care that much about Jamichael Green, but even for a team <laughs> missing all of that and only playing and Clay Thompson tonight, though some would argue Clay Thompson didn't even show up in the game he did play. Um. So missing all of that, I still think I find the two losses embarrassing. I do. I think they're embarrassing. What do you think, Justin? Definitely embarrassing. When you lose by a combined, what, 68 points in two games, it's, it's, it's kind of reminiscent to that Toronto loss that they had where they got demolished. Yes. It's just like no matter how bad the team is, you're still professional players and you do not want to get like, just completely outclassed like that. Like the game was over in the first Raining quarter. They were champs. up like 30. Yeah. Reigning champs. Yeah. Reigning champs. This is not like the Mavericks who won in 2011 and then like they just traded away all their guys, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I get it. Like they, 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 I mean, similar to us, they lost some like role players, but like, Dirk really didn't have anyone to begin with when he won that finals, right? Like it was him and Jason Terry and some guys, right? But the Warriors still have Clay Thompson. They still have Draymond Green. Yes, Andrew Wiggins has been hurt. But like, there's just no reason. Like we did lose some role players, but those role players, and while they're important, because Otto was important and, you know, GP2 was important, those players alone should not be the difference and us looking like a championship team to like, we can only stay at 500. Like that just shouldn't be the case, right? Like that Mm -hmm. in itself is problematic. And now because everyone's hurt, we just look crazy. And 
There's no justification for it. There's none. You're not going to convince me there is. They showed up tonight to lose. They didn't care. They they didn't think they could win, and they came out like, okay, whatever. Yeah, that is very true. Um, and that's put up 46 it... points in the first quarter, Justin. 46 yeah. and, points. And we and we I mean we spoke about it before they even played the the Knicks how tough it was going to be for them to play that second night of a back-to-back when the Nets are have multiple days off and at home before that game. But it just, I mean, it's no excuse for the effort, you know, like it just, like you said, they showed up to lose. They, they just didn't really have much fight in them um, to start that game. And then if you go down by 30, it doesn't matter if you play them even for the rest of the game, They're, the Nets were just kind of sleepwalking the rest of the game and just still blitzing them. So, yeah, end of a road trip. You know, you you expect a, like not as much effort as the beginning, but still, you want to see a certain level of effort that they just didn't bring. Um, and hopefully, they can just kind of get their mojo back and get a few guys back for the Memphis game. You know, Clay's going to play, but hopefully, they get Dante, JMG, and Wiggins back. That'll help a lot, and that'll tell us a lot about the team. You know how they put the, how they perform. You know, so. Yeah, I, I quite frankly don't want to be gaslit during the broadcast by Fitz and the propaganda that was going on, That's telling me special. all about James Wiseman tonight and just all of the nonsense that was being said on that broadcast, right? <laughs> and this is the problem, right? Like, so if the Warriors get back to home and they're winning, I still got to hear about this bullshit road record versus home shit because, like, even if they get back to winning, it will be at home. So it's going to be like, yeah, but, you know, they still... And, like, people are just going to ignore, like, that they didn't have, like, the team. Because, I mean, even when we last recorded, which was after the Toronto game, and we said just split one of those games, we said that without knowing that we were going to lose Dante, which is a very key piece to lose, Right. And, mm-hmm. like, just as a body, Jermichael's still, like, uh, you know, he's not good. But, like, it was not good to lose him either, right? And so once I knew that, once I knew that and that Andrew wasn't coming back, I really thought it was pretty unlikely they were going right. to win. Mm-hmm. Um, at least for half of the Nets game. I mean, the Knicks game, they sort of kept it within distance and competitive. But, right. like... If Clay would have just showed up in that game, you know, mm-hmm. they might have won or been able to pull that out. But he did not. He did not. And, um, you know, here we are. And, you know, Sam had an interesting, Sam from Light Years had an interesting tweet today that I saw. And he said that the team last year was good enough to like incubate. I think that was the word he used, but basically essentially hide what Clay was lacking. I don't know mm-hmm. if I agree with that fully, though. I just don't think Clay is like, I think Clay's regressed from last year. I really do. Like, he had like the inconsistencies when he first came back, and then it got, but I just, I don't know. I like, I expected there to be a progression this year. I did. And if it's, if it's, if it's not a regression, I think it's a regression, but like, I just, it, to me I'm a little dismayed by the fact that like he just hasn't seemed to improve because you're supposed to look better in the second season of a back-to-back and I don't know if it's just him pressing I don't know if it's just him in his head but like it's a little surprising to me to be honest yeah I think 
I mean, I think it's a little bit of both, right? I mean, he is getting older, um, despite it being the second year back from injury. Um, he's coming back from an injury where he's now into his early 30s, and that's, you know, in professional sports, that's getting up there in age. So um, it's tough. He didn't – he obviously didn't scrimmage over the summer, and he came into camp not into, obviously, like the best possible shape he could be in because it's it's you can't do that without playing – five on five basketball right so he kind of had a slow start to the season and I do think last year's team it just had more vets right so they knew how to you know plug in the spaces where he was lacking right or cover for his weaknesses or allow him to play a certain game to where um only his strengths are you know shown right um you know then then now when you got games where all of our with Steph and Dante are out um Wiggins is out so like the point of attack guy that kind of takes the slack off of Clay is gone obviously everyone relies on Steph so much and then Dante is another ball handler that can kind of set Clay up and stuff like that it just it puts Clay in a position to where he has to handle the ball a little bit more where he's getting even more defensive attention now that the other guys that typically take that attention away aren't there so it's going to make him look you know worse than he actually is, or is going to expose the flaws in his game and the reason why he's at this point, probably just a high end role player, you know, a good starter, you know, with the capability of playing like a star any given night. But on average, he's somewhere closer to a role player at this point in his career. We're paying him a lot of money to be a role player. And I think they got to find a way to get more out of him. Like I understand that he was paid that because of what he's done for the team. They sort of didn't have a choice to be honest, you know, and even before Clay's injuries, I forget who it was had kind of come out with how Clay's contract is like one of the worst value contracts in the NBA. And I, people were upset. And I never said anything about it, but there was validity to that statement. There really was like, it's not that like Clay is not great. But it, there's always been limits to what he brought to this team, right? Like outside of his shooting. And so now we're sort of, I think, seeing that. And I get that some of it may have been um, expedited because of the injury. But it's like the fact that he doesn't like really rebound that much <laughs> and do other things on the court. It's like, I don't know, you know, but like you're being paid a lot of money, right? And so... There, I saw this point being made where like everyone's mad about the two timelines and all of this stuff. And I, I think there's I think there's validity definitely to question the the front office and did. But I also am like, yo, like Draymond is out there, Clay is out there. Like y'all can't keep giving them passes for this bullshit play. Like, I'm sorry. Like it's not acceptable. Just like we get on Jordan and say he's paid a certain amount. Like, which he's actually not even being paid yet. That doesn't kick until next year. Those guys are paid a certain amount of money too, right? And I know what they've done in the past, but does that mean they don't have to contribute now, right now on this team? It's annoying to me. It really is. Like, what are you doing, Dre? Mr. I'm as important as Steph. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. It's tough. I mean... 
No, but they, you know what? it's not shocking to me because I've always known their limitations. But this is why right. when people like me and others get upset and they say we're crazy Steph stands and Warriors fans are delusional because this is why. This is why I don't want to hear nothing. Steph is the best player in the NBA. He's the best player in the NBA. I don't want to hear shit because this team, this team should not fall to this level because he's out. You, you hit the nail on the head. It's, I mean, he makes the whole thing go on offense. He makes and, – and we saw, especially tonight, like how tough it is to operate when you are the center of attention uh, from the other team's scouting report and you're playing with negative spacers. And you know what I mean? You got to carry this whole offense. Like Jordan is a great young player. He's a great offensive player. But he shot terrible tonight. He was getting the whole and, – and I think Kerr spoke about it after the game – He's getting the entire like defensive focus. He's getting the best guy, Ben Simmons, on him. And then he has to operate where guys are just not guarding Draymond and Looney that closely. Right. So it's really tough to do. Steph makes it look easy. And then he opens it up for literally everyone else that's out there with him. So, you know, it just goes to show truly how deep his impact goes. Um, and yeah, I mean, like, like you said, it, it validates everything that we always have known and said. But it's just it's just annoying that it has to come at the cost of wins and stuff for people to realize what's actually going on. Yeah, um, I was so. annoyed today um, on our episode of Brother from Another. I wasn't on air, but my guy Vince came on, Vincent Goodwill, and um, <laughs> he was asked about the Warriors because my colleague, the host today, was like, "Yeah." Just give Steph the MVP because the Warriors are like look ridiculous yeah. without him. And Vince is like, I mean, but like, was it making a difference with him? Stop it. Stop it, Vincent Goodwill. Stop it. Because like, even if they were only a 500 team this year, they were at least holding 500 and all those games were close. They were not losing to the tune of whatever. So if you want to try to make it about wins and losses, like that's crazy to me, but like, come on. And this was always the case. This was always the case. Even when your favorite guy, Kevin Durant was there, they barely treaded water above 500. And I mean, mm -hmm. some of that is about the Warriors never having like a plan when Steph isn't there. And, and that to me speaks to like coaching because Kevin, yes, Kevin Durant is on the team, so it should look better, but it's like, like, why? Why does everything, like, fall to shits when Steph isn't there, right? And I look, I know it's because of the greatness of him, but these are still professional NBA players. And, like, you need to have an alternative plan if Steph isn't there. Like, mm -hmm. it's a possibility. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely that's definitely something that's been a constant throughout this entire, um, you know, current tenure. It's like, Steph ain't there. They're, there's they can't get anything right, but it's also a function of the roster. You know, the roster is built to function with Steph at at the head, right? Like I said, Draymond and Looney start there to probably the most offensively challenged starting front court tandem in the league. And when it comes to scoring and just you know the attention they get from the defense and scores, um, but Steph makes it work. So when he's not there, it's just hard to pivot and turn them into like you know, pick and roll bigs and stuff like that. Cause I mean, Looney had a few opportunities at the rim and guys just stripped them or they just met him at the rim. That's just not like what makes them a good NBA player. Same thing with Draymond. So no, it, it's, I'm sure it's hard. I'm sure it is. 
I don't dispute it. I mean, Kurt gets paid for to make it work, but right. But that's also why I'm like, yeah, miss me with the whole great coach and self-proclaiming he was ever called an offensive genius. My ass, that never happened. No one ever said that about you. Not a single person. <laughs> Not a single person. Do you think, because we're going to get to some mailbag questions in the next segment, but do you think the loss of Mike Brown is hurting them? I do. I think so. Uh, just the energy he brought, you know, it was consistent energy. I mean, everybody knows his personality. He's very bolsterous, like he's really out there. So that type of stuff is contagious. That type of stuff helps people get through a long season, you know. Um, but why do they think they didn't need to replace him? Because they got Kenny Atkinson back? I mean, didn't they serve different functions? Why did they think that they didn't need to replace him? I don't know if they thought that. They might have just, I don't know. It just Frank, seems well, like Frank they Vogel were. Frank is right out there, bro. He is right out there. Got to pay Frank, though. I think that's what Bro, it is. Pay him. Did we, did, I mean, we, did we not just see the report of how much money they made? Dak, thank you. Thank you. Up there with the Dallas Cowboys, okay? Like you're making um, football team money. Football team money. I'm I'm saying I'm saying pay him. But I'm I'm telling you, I'm pay thinking him, it's pay the players, pay every goddamn body. That's that's what they should have did. Um but yeah. Like, I mean, we were all we were all asking Frank, like, just, you know, get somebody defensive minded in there. The My biggest thing is like the formula, whether they stumbled into it accidentally or not last year, the formula worked last year. Right. You got all this money put into the coaching staff. You got guys that are super passionate about what they do as, as, as a coaching staff. You got the quote unquote perfectly built team or whatever the case may be. Like I said, they might have stumbled in a GP2. They might have gotten more out of auto than they expected or out of belly, but it worked, right? You got the formula there. You don't have to bring those exact players back, but just players that fit that that mold, right? And they tried to replace auto with um, JMG, and that's fine. But just the back end of the roster was full of vets. Every everybody was on one accord. Everybody was an adult, and it was just there was a clear path. And I think this year they just kind of like. They hit shuffle on it. It just seemed like they were like, all right, that worked, but we're going to try something a little bit different. Like, I just and that's don't just... understand the hubris. I really don't. Right. I don't understand the hubris because it's a constant thing. You get rid of Jerry West because you guys think you don't need him and can do better. And like, I'm, you still haven't proven to me that you can do better because everything that's great about this team all preceded the people who are here, right? And like, mm -hmm. if you know this team, you understand that. They weren't this, this batch of people are not who drafted Steph and Clay and, and, and they're not the people who, I mean, if you really think about who the early development of these players, it was Mark Jackson, <laughs> you know, it wasn't like I get, I'm not saying that like Kerr didn't come in and implement a better offense, but I'm just saying like them even being like a defensive minded team and, 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 and all of that kind of stuff. Not that I think like people like Clay and Steph needed confidence, but you don't think having a like Mark Jackson call them the best shooting backcourt at that time and like, you know, doing things like, nah, we not letting nobody break the three point record on us. And just that kind of like, you don't think that like helped them. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think mm -hmm. it did. And I don't think he gets credit for that kind of thing, but I'm just saying, you know, like, a lot of credit is heaped on the group that's in now. 
Kerr and that front office, and they kind of inherited a lot. Yeah, they did. They did. They haven't proven to me that they're so capable of like doing all these things. And, it's and a lot of their stuff is covered by Steph. And and that's why I said we're gonna have to see what it looks like after Steph is gone. I mean, Bob might be gone before Steph is <laughs> looking at the whole contract situation with him. Um, that's getting kind of kind of weird, but yeah, like you said, I mean, they inherited a lot of this stuff. So we're gonna have to see once this current core is done if they can actually, you know, do what they they think they can do. But I mean, to answer your question about the hubris, it's like you you got this group of of Hall of Famers that despite any situation continue to get it done so it's like well we can throw shit at the wall and stuff gonna make it smell good you know like so it's like why wouldn't they just turn to their pet projects and look you know what i mean like 20, just try to in 2021 it didn't work it didn't work in 2021 and they and they validated that by saying what clay clay was hurt so it's like yeah, but we heard all this bullshit talk from Myers like, I mean, I think even though they won't say it publicly, to me, when you get on the record and say, I mean, we didn't know he'd be that good. To me, that's an acknowledgement that they realize like they may have like cost themselves, right? That season from the nonsense. Like, yeah. they didn't say that outwardly, but to me, that's what that's an acknowledgement of, Right. So when you come yeah. out and you talk all that talk saying it's we like we owe that to Steph to make sure we put any like stuff around him to win. That's what was said. That's what was said. Mm -hmm. And it's like, fine. Like, I'm not even mad as like everyone else at them trying this approach. But when you see it's not working and then you're still like, we're not going to make any changes. Like, that's always my issue. Just like in 2021, when you saw like maybe if I change a few things, like get Brad Wanamaker on the team, off the team and fill a couple of rosters, but they still refuse. But okay, fine. You might get a pass because that was like the first year and Clay wasn't there and blah, 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 blah. But this year coming off a championship, you still are doing this? Like this would, I'm, listen, if the Warriors don't at least make the finals, Right. If they don't at least make the finals or they have like Hell a yeah. very early playoff postseason exit, to me, this will go down in history as one of the most catastrophic failings of like an NBA franchise. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, when you break it down like single season, yeah, definitely. I mean, they they had it, like I said, they had a championship formula. And they and after the season last year, they were Bob and, and Steve were talking about how they didn't even know if they can win a championship. Just crazy shit like that. How like, did I don't... not know that? Why do you know that, Justin? Why do I know that, but they don't know? This is the kind of shit when I'm like, and then y'all want me to praise this man? Because you say crazy things. You say crazy things. Yeah, yeah. And then they, they didn't know, quote unquote, that they could win a championship last year. They won it. And then they just scrapped the, the script from last year and started some new shit and it's like bro when we, when you see shit doesn't work you ride it out for way too long and when you see something does work you just be like all right we're gonna try something else because we whatever we do we still win a championship it's like bro that just that's that's my people whole thing who just want to be like just devout supporters 
are just like, well, I'm going to trust them because of work. Trust Steph. It worked because of him, not because right. of anything that they did. He covers right. their shit, and then y'all want to give them all the credit. It didn't take all those damn games to see that Wiseman wasn't working, bro. It did not. It did not. And yet you continued and continued with it out of arrogance and because you want to prove that you were right about him when you were not. You were not. Mm -hmm. Right? And even if you are, it will not be in the time frame that is needed. And so you cost the team wins, and now mm -hmm. they are in a deficit, and your best player is hurt. And now yeah. you're going to now put on him to carry this team and then get them back into it, which is going to take more energy and effort. Craziness. And this is why, like, I'm not as harsh on Kerr, like, from this year and last year because – I think it's it's clear that it's above him, you know. I think it's clear if you if you put a gun to my head and say, "Yo, does Steve Kerr really want to play James Wiseman 20 minutes?" I'm probably going to say no. Like he I think they tested it out. They saw he wasn't ready and Kerr really didn't want to keep playing him, but I'm sure there was okay, pressure maybe on him. Play him. Maybe Kerr didn't want to play. But like did it have to be 20 minutes? Like, he couldn't have been pulled any sooner. It couldn't have been. I just don't understand. He had no latitude. Like, what was going to happen? Might have. When, yeah, he's I think out, I... when he's out there on the court, right, what are they going to do? Fire him right then? No. I mean, in general, what are they going to do? Fire you? You're Steve Kerr. It's going to look crazy. So just do what you want. And let them yeah. come back and make a like. I just don't understand. Like, I don't give him this pass that y'all do. Like, he had no room. Of course, he had room. He is not Mark Jackson. He's not a black man. He is a white man with privilege. <laughs> and so, no, like, let's just be real. He's Steve Kerr. He's not going to get fired for going against them because they're going to look crazy. Like, Mark Jackson hadn't won, even though he got to two postseasons. And to me, he had success, right? But like, he's won four championships. Like, what are they going to go on the record and say we're firing him for? Like, come on. I don't buy the, oh, my hands were tied. No. No, I'm not yeah, I don't think it's for shit either. I don't think his hands were tied. I think it was a little bit of pressure on him to at least try the Wiseman thing out. I don't think it was like, try this out or you're going to get fired. But he also probably felt, you know, like, I need to give Wiseman a chance to see what he can do. You know, he feels for when people. You give like, no he gives people chances. Chance? You don't that's, give Kaminga a chance. You don't give Moody a chance. But his rope had to be as long as it did. That's where I'm like, all right, that's the, the biggest mistake that he's made this season is that for sure. He went into the season essentially gifting Wiseman uh, the, the seventh, eighth rotation spot, right? He was the first front court player off the bench every game for the first eight games of the season or whatever it was. And – Kaminga couldn't get on the court. Moody still struggling to get on the court. And it's like they showed you that they can contribute on a winning level on a championship-level team. Wiseman hasn't shown that at any point in his career, no matter how many games he's played, no matter how many minutes he's played. He hasn't shown you that he has the ability to do that. you got two guys that have. And whether they have been on a team one less year or not, I think they've earned it more so than he has for sure. And, they, and he just kind of dropped the ball on letting them get their opportunity. And then we can say – you know, Moody plays the same position as a lot of our top whatever guys in the rotation. That's fair. But 
Um, Kaminga is not this it's not the same with Kaminga. And he just kind of like dropped the ball on it. I mean, he, he's trying to pick it, he tried to pick it back up, and then all the injuries started piling up. And this is why you gotta make sure that you're starting the season off on the right foot so you don't gotta worry about this stuff. But and now they're in the situation they're in and their arrogance that I don't get, that they think that they can do this, that they think that they can lose games and it doesn't matter because we'll get it they'll get it back later and then monty pool comes out with that ridiculous article to also try to gaslight us like oh it doesn't matter to them. like what are we morons i think some people are morons <laughs> but i'm sorry i am not a moron you're not going to convince me that a team that has always been like in the top three every year that they've gone and won the finals doesn't care about winning right like 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 and 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 seating I mean, these dudes got families too, right? Like just beyond basketball, these dudes got families. They don't want to start every playoff series on the road. They want to have more home games than road games so they can be in the crib. Like <laughs> it's just much easier as a basketball player to not have to travel and then play or to start a series on the road and play more games on the road than at home. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, and they've, like you said, they've been near the top of the league in the regular season every single year of their championship runs, even the years they went to the finals and lost um, other than 2020 and 2021, they've been top three seed or whatever the case may be every single year for like since 2015. Like this is foreign. This is not something that they like done. Yeah. They got a, the, the road record for most playoff series consecutive with a road win, but they usually start those series off with two home wins and then they yes. go win, <laughs> and then they go win on the road. Like, come on now. And they're older and we can see certain people are not as good. Like they need as much help as possible. And we, it's okay to acknowledge that they need favorable conditions and circumstances because hello, not only do just our role players play better at home, but also some of our quote unquote main guys. Okay. Not even. Yeah. All of them, (laughs) all of them except Steph. Steph's the only one. I mean, Andrew arguably. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, that it is what it, you said it right there. Listen, and then the last thing I'll say because we do need to like <laughs> take a little break. <laughs> we went a little long, but yeah. um, John Morant. Let me tell you something. This this boy is getting on my nerves. Okay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> listen, listen, because people are like, "What do you expect him to say? Not have confidence in the team?" No one is saying not to be confident in your team. We get that, but there's a thing called respecting your opponents there's a thing called respecting your opponents and that's okay because when they fail and they will they will fail i feel very confident about that that's why we become ignorant on the tl that's why yeah i mean to me it's y'all all know what i'm game, talking about like said, right tell the listeners yeah. what i'm talking about justin oh uh, was it it was was it malika andrews that asked him um who who what are, who are the two teams or no who are the teams that you feel like you got to go through essentially to win a championship and he just said Boston I don't even think he said Milwaukee he just said Boston no yeah he and said then, Boston and then she's like yeah. no one in the West yeah and he's like nah like essentially we're we're good on the West like no but no team scares us we're gonna go through everybody the only team we got to go through is Boston lost to, to to Denver the other night in embarrassing just, fashion they just lost to OKC the other night without Shea I'm pretty sure. And Denver, whose defense is ass, and like y'all don't got nothing to worry about. It's cool because, like, and it like wasn't you even said, about those teams, because we know that was about the Warriors when he was saying that, right? Right. But it's like, okay, 
This lot of warriors gonna beat them on Christmas Day, which is gonna be really funny because they're gonna come in and lose. That's my prediction. Yeah. Um, yeah. If we get everybody back, I do. I really think they're gonna lose because we play better at home. I mm-hmm. think there's already animosity between these two teams. I don't like. I don't think Jordan liked being like accused of being a dirty player. I just, I like. I think they're gonna show up on Christmas Day. Yeah, I think so too. It's just a matter of who who we gonna have. Like if we have the entire rotation and just Steph is out, then obviously they have a much better chance than if most right. guys are out. Like everyone's back. Yeah, yeah. And I think they they got a bad taste in their mouth from these last two games where they've lost by thirty plus. So hopefully they come with that that energy because Memphis is definitely gonna come with the energy. And Dylan Kate Brooks is already talking about Garden Clay and all this type of stuff. It's like all right, bro. We'll see. Not annoying. I cannot stand that team. All right. Let's break. Let's break and get to some of these questions. We appreciate y'all sending us some questions. So let's 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 break and get into these questions when we get back. You're tuned into Golden Spaces. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Nat and Justin. What up? We're back. It's Nat and Justin with Golden Spaces and Odyssey Original Podcast. So, y'all had some questions for us, so let's get into them. Appreciate y'all participating in our mailbag. So, what's good, Justin? What are the folks saying? All right. Um, first question is from Nana at Boy Don't Try Me on Twitter. Shout out to Nana. She asks, how worried are you about Clay? What would you suggest? And what do you guys think are the causes? I'm assuming like about his play, you know. All right. Well, I mean, <laughs> I think when the team is like fully intact, I'm less worried about Clay. Um, I just think Clay knows how to play with Steph and Dre. Um, and there's a part of me that honestly feels like he doesn't always try the same way when he's not with those guys on the court. Right. Um, and I think that is a problem because again, I feel like we give clay this pass for like what he's done and I get it. Like he's earned that, but that's why I always kind of laugh. Like y'all are like, you know, Jordan has to figure it out with the second unit. I'm like, yeah, he does because clay would not like, Clay will look crazy out there with the second unit, right? And so I'm like, you, like, at the same time when we're saying that, like, you also have to acknowledge, like, Clay gets the benefit of playing with the starters, right? And that gets to help him look better. 
you know, in a way that that like Jordan doesn't get. But if he did play with the starters, he would look better too. So, I mean, I'm still on leave Clay, and I think there's a question that I ask about that later. We can touch on it a little bit more. But I'm still on leave Clay in the first unit because overall they're still just a better unit when he's in the first unit. Like the numbers reflect that. But I think that he has to learn how to be useful and helpful even when Steph and Dre are not out there, you know? And so I, I'm I'm just not as worried because I think once they're there, like it'll still work. But um I haven't liked what I've seen. True. Um like Clay is one of those players where even even in his prime years, he kind of always relied on guys to set the table for him. And he just had his role of being a point of attack defender and a score, right? He never really set anybody else up. He wasn't a guy that was just calling out the other team's offensive sets and, and anchoring a defense. He's just like the guy that they sent to do a certain job and he executed that well. So I think he's going to still be in that role, obviously not the same exact role as far as guarding the other teams, quickest guard and stuff like that. But when it's winning time, when it's playoff time, when it's like, all right, Steph is back and it's time to get serious, he's going to look a lot better than he looks now just because he is that type of player at this point in his career. So I'm not necessarily worried about him. Um, it's just like he he needs he needs the table set for him at this point in his career. And that's that's fine. I mean, he makes a lot of money. He makes two. He makes more money than that type of player should be making, quote unquote. I mean, I'm not going to say I'm not going to count his pockets, but. That's just the type of player that he is now. Like, it, it is what it is. But should he need to do more? And I say that meaning as, like, and I get that he's not a superstar, but part of what makes great players great is that as they age and they lose certain abilities, they learn to do other things in their game to provide value and to, to like, provide impact on winning, Right. Like you said, like, he's never been a player to do, like, some of these other things. And I feel like he hasn't had to because they've allowed it just because of who else is on the team. But should he? You know what I'm saying? Like, should he be looking to round out his game and do more to help this team win? Like, you don't just get to function like the old clay. Yeah, I mean, I think it would help definitely a lot if he looked to be more of a, not necessarily a facilitator, but to use – the gravity that he that he draws and all that type of stuff to set up his teammates a little bit better. Um, I mean, it, it goes back to the point of how the roster is constructed, right? Like he does, he's not surrounded by a lot of scoring options of, other than himself and Jordan right now, um, especially with Steph and Wiggins out. So it's hard to, I guess, it's hard for him to justify in his mind passing up shots to guys that aren't going to shoot or that aren't going to make it when they do shoot. Um, so it's it's just tough, like. I think he's in a he's in a weird position because maybe if he doesn't get injured those two years, he develops some different aspects of his game and kind of like his game takes another level. But he kind of got knocked down off that horse and he got to figure it out or he has had to figure it out over the last year and a half. So. It's he's in a weird spot, like I said, like so. But when he when everybody else gets back on the team, I feel confident that he'll just be able to play his role to a T. It's just he's being his role is being elevated to a point where he just cannot match it at this point. It's, he's he's going to look, it's going to be disappointing because that's just not the type of player he is. Okay. What else we got? We got a question from John. Um, he said, should anything and everything be on the table to improve the roster? 
Uh, I think he's speaking specifically to like the young guys um, and draft picks. And he said, even with the possibility of it being a minimal improvement on the rocks, on the areas of need on the roster. So is, is everything on the table with the kids and the draft picks just to only make small improvements on the team? You, you, you get this. You got that one. Um, I must say, no, not everything. Right. Um, I do think small, like quote unquote, small improvements on the roster as in like maybe adding one more guy or maybe two more guys who don't jump off the page, but just fill very simple roles. They, they look like minimal improvements, but I think they will end up being tremendous improvements because the closer you get your bench units to just being neutral instead of just catastrophic negatives, the closer you are to blowing teams out consistently, right? Because we've seen by the numbers, by the footage, by the eye test, the starters can play with anybody, but the leads, they, they, they dwindle as soon as a bench player comes in, right? So if you can get bench guys that can just at least just hold a lead or just not bleed it completely, which they started to get, um, you know, midway through what we've been through in the season so far, they started to get that and they started to look a lot better. Um, they fortify that bench. Then it just, it makes everything else a lot easier on the starters and all that type of stuff. So when it comes to like trading any and everything, um, my opinion, Kaminga and Moody are worth investing in long-term. Um, anybody else, can can go really pbj showed some stuff and i think he is going to be a good player but ultimately um i think if you dangle him as a trade piece and teams start to bite then i would not mind parting with it um so that's just kind of where i'm at with it if i had to choose like just one guy to keep i think kaminga has the highest upside so i would keep him and then everybody else um can kind of be used to to bring in some help but james wiseman is the one that needs to go so take someone like me with all due respect it doesn't mm. sound respectful what I'm saying. I get it. But like, he's the one. And like, you find a team that wants him. And there are teams that want him. The Spurs, I think, probably have some interest in him. And see what you got to do to like, give, give, like, if they have something to offer, they do. Meaning like, they have the pieces that we want. Like, make the damn trade already. Yeah. Like, let's not turn this into a, like, it's okay. Some, like, to me, it is okay that you missed on James Wiseman because mm -hmm. he was a projected top three pick, right? It's not like something where it's just like one of these teams that just like they went after a guy where it's just like, what, like why? He was a mm -hmm. projected top three. You know, I believe Charlotte was trading up to try to get him. Like, like people wanted him. Yeah. He didn't work out. He didn't pan out. And, and I mean, Nobody shoots 100% on these type of things. Like, sometimes you have bad picks. I think they had a bad entire 2020 draft, and that's okay. What you don't do is compound bad decisions with more bad decisions or holding on to things that aren't providing you value even exactly. after years of, of holding on to it. So um, I think it's best for them and for him for them to part ways. And, you know, hopefully they can get a deal done that – works out in the favor of both sides but yeah let him get a fresh start somewhere else it's too much right. for him in his head and like the pressure just like let's move on now already yeah um okay let's do one more question and then take a break okay this is from uh roche casanova um okay. if the team casanova <laughs> and casanova <laughs> <laughs> If the team decides to use the 15th roster spot, 
who would you like to see take it? Lamb, a buyout guy, free agent. Give me some names. Not Lamb. I don't even want <laughs> Lamb on a two-way. So no. Right. I mean, the thing is, if they're going to fill the 15th roster spot without making any other roster changes, they can only really get vet minimum guys or a buyout candidate, right? Like that's someone who would take. I don't know who the buyout candidates are going to be. I haven't seen one of those lists yet, but I Mm -hmm. just feel like that that limits them more than if they do a trade. So like. I want to see them get bodies and help for Steph. So yes, use that roster spot but I don't know if that's going to get you enough for what you need. So I think they still need to probably ultimately trade. Yeah, they definitely need to trade. And I do think they need to fill that roster spot as well. Like you said, the buyout guys haven't been made known yet. Um, As far as free agents, I mean, nobody's really coming to mind right now. I mean, it would be great to have Quindary Witherspoon right now, right? Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, I guess we just got to wait to see who the bio guys are. That's probably going to come later on in the season. They're probably not going to fill that spot until later on in the season, I think, for tax implications or something like that. So um, we'll know. Uh, we'll have a better idea when it gets to the second half of the season. But Lamb, nah, good. I'm good on him getting that 15 spot. Yeah, we're in alignment there. All right, let's take a break and uh, we'll be right back. It's Natalie and Justin (laughs) with Golden Spaces. Be right back. You are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. Hey guys, it's Golden Spaces with Justin and Matt and Odyssey Original Podcast. You're just going to have to forgive me if you heard some noise in the background. I'm in my parents' home. I'm here for the holidays. You know how parents are. They're not used to the whole podcasting thing. But we're all feeling jolly and merry and jovial. And we have vibes. Y'all don't mind that, right? Because you know, typically we're true professionals, right? We got to get things ready for the holidays. And that's what we're doing in my Jamaican household. So thank you for understanding if you hear any little things in the background. All right? Okay. So, (laughs) (laughs) um. We got some more questions. Let's keep them coming, Justin. Mailbag cool. part two, part two, part two. The people want <laughs> answers. They want answers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we got Candlestick Will. Shout out to Will. Um, yes, that's my guy. What up, Will? Right. He said, would Travis Schlink and Nate McMillan do a better job in the Bay right now than Bob Myers and Steve Kerr? If we swapped general manager and head coach with Atlanta, does either team benefit? I'm going to say no. <laughs> right. Blank came from Golden State, right? And I mean, he tried to go to Atlanta really and do the same thing, but like Trey Young is not Stephen Curry. So um, he's a great player, but he's not Stephen Curry. But it, he was, it's clear he 
trying to do a similar thing. I don't think Nate needs to be a coach anywhere, to be honest. So not a head coach. <laughs> so no, I don't, I don't think it would be better. Yeah, I agree. Uh, going to stay instantly gets worse with that. So. Yeah. Next question. All right. Um, this is from Weapon XO. Do you let the kids play or trade for proven talent? What timeline are you in favor of? Help sure up winning now or play for the future and try to get another chip in the process again. Yeah, I think we kind of addressed this already, like in past answers. Like, I think, you know, speaking for myself and Justin, like we're always like try to win now, you know, and like like a player and a talent like Stephen Curry doesn't come around too often. So you try to win now. And um, we kind of talked about who we thought like you don't give up anyone, but yeah, you try to keep Kaminga, you know, maybe Moody, you know, mm -hmm. it would be kind of maybe a little sad to lose PBJ, but like, ultimately we think you need to go for it, you know? So if you're getting the right pieces, then you make that trade. But I mean, if we can make it be Wiseman, I think that would be like our number one vote for who you trade, but yeah, we're all in on trying to win now. Yeah, definitely. Um, the, the timelines are kind of converging, you know, in certain ways, Jordan, Wiggins, Looney, all below 30, you know, Kaminga and Moody are also um, very, very young, 20 years old. So that's your second timeline within the first timeline. They can help now and later. So you don't need to pick one, in my opinion. But they are it seems like they've they've picked one by adding even more kids and holding on to other kids that aren't going to help right now. So, yeah. Trade. <laughs> Trade. Next question. Um, if the Kerr front office beef is true and he ends up leaving this year or the next, who are some coaches y'all would like to see Golden State go after? Yeah, so I I I I say like right now we're just not gonna give credence to unsims ups unsubstantiated rumors, right? So right. uh we'll let that play out but like let's just say hypothetically if Kerr was to be replaced because this is one of my favorite hypotheticals um because I'm not a Steve Kerr fan uh <laughs> like I often used to say <laughs> I often used to say Kenny Atkinson was someone who I would have liked to be a coach like when people ask me like who would be your backup I mean because I don't think you're gonna ever get a, a coach like um um Spo to leave the heat you know so I don't mm. think that's happening. Um, no, I don't want Ime Udoka over here. So like, um, I wouldn't mind like Kenny just kind of taking over as the head coach. I wouldn't mind trying to get Mike Brown back. You know, I think he had a bad rep before and I think he's proven, but look, he's probably in doing his thing back then, so, so I don't know if he'd come back, but I think he would be a great head coach. I think Atkinson would be fine, um, you know, with the right pieces around him. So or like really take the time to go out and look, right? Like there's lots of great like assistants and things on staffs who are just waiting for their chance. Like we don't have to just keep regurgitating the same people. I mean, yes, we'll see what really happens in the postseason. But look at Brooklyn. They're thriving right now with their assistant coach, right? Mm -hmm. They're thriving. Um, so, and then Ime, I mean, he's not a great husband but he was certainly uh 
thriving with the Celtics. And now their their assistant who took over is thriving, right? So there, there's other coaches out there. It doesn't always have to be a known commodity. Like Steve Kerr wasn't even a known commodity as a coach. He was just like known because he's a fast NBA player. He has to learn a lot of coaching. He knows certain things. So I don't think like this, this team could not function if Steve Kerr wasn't the coach. I think you get a good coach. And as long as you have Steph, you're going to probably be okay. That's what I think. Yeah, I agree. My first choice would probably, yeah, my first choice would probably be Kenny as well. Um, For two reasons. One, if you keep the same core, then he's been with the organization for long enough that, he knows how things like run optimally with Steph and Dre and all that type of stuff. And if Kerr leaves or something like that, and the core decides they don't want to be a part of the thing anymore, since he's gone, then the perfect coach for a young team is a guy like Kenny who has a lot of energy. And he's like, you know, he, he gets people riled up and stuff like that. He did a really good job with the nets when they were just kind of like almost rebuilding, but he, he prevented the rebuild. So, yeah, I think Kenny would probably be my first choice. Jama's another good choice. I think he's kind of working his way up. I'm not sure if he's quite head coach ready yet, but, I mean, I'll give it a try. Um, Mike Brown's another good one. So, other than that, you just, you know, scout and see who's who's on some of these benches and, you know, who's, who's doing well. Let's go into the next question. Oh, I'm sorry. Just one other person I want to throw in the ring, even though like he's not leaving. Um, I also think as much as he annoys me when he plays us, I think Mike Malone is actually a really good coach. Mm. Another really passionate guy. Yeah. Or even um, Clippers coach. I'm sorry. I knew you were Tyron Lue. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, like, I mean, because I don't know how secure his position is going to be over there, not due to anything with him, but like the, the Kawhi and Paul George timeline and you know he may, like mm. so like if, if like if someone like Ty Lu became available I would like that too <laughs> for sure he's a great coach yeah. he's underrated mm-hmm. he's underrated um okay next question from the Sports Connect shout out Karima all right what do you think Clay coming off the bench does for the team's record is the second unit better or there's no real change. Yeah, I mean, I think that we also kind of discussed this already, but no, I actually don't think Clay yeah. would help the second unit. I actually think, I mean, first, obviously it depends on if we get some new pieces, right? But like with the team right now, as is, like Jordan's actually going to be better for the bench with with Dre and, and Wiggs than Clay actually would. So um, mm-hmm. no, I think Clay actually need like I think he actually needs to be with the starters. Like in the past, we've had Clay sometimes in the second unit, and it would survive. Survive. I don't think it can and will anymore. So I think Clay actually needs to stick with the starters. He needs to have Andrew Wiggins out there covering for him <laughs> on defense, mm-hmm. and um, he needs to be having like Stephen and Dre, as you put it, set the table for him. And I just think he needs to play with that 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 starting lineup. But he's also better defensively for it than Jordan. So that's my take. Yeah, totally agree. Don't really need to add much onto that. The team record will probably be about the same. Um, so no real change in that regard. But I do think the dynamics of the team would not be as fluid. Like you just described, Clay wouldn't do better with the, with the bench than Jordan is doing. It would be tough for him to get his – 
you know, to play winning basketball with that type of group. So, yeah, keep play as a starter. Let him feast off of what Steph and Dre do for him and all that type of stuff. And let Jordan just run the show in the second unit. Yeah. All right. Last question from Jada Fema. Um, I know many people are advocating for a trade, but I wonder how effective that might be for this year since it seems to take a long time to get used to Golden State's game. Yeah, I think that's a fair question, which is why I think some of the players we've talked about all season, we we tried to think of players who could probably more naturally fit into the system easier. That's why someone like Pirtle coming from the Spurs system would probably be a really good fit or just like also really, you know, high IQ kind of guy. So someone like a Jay Crowder, smart basketball player would probably, you know, come in and work well. But I think like, if you're going to do that, you got to take certain kinds of players because you're right. Mm -hmm. It is very hard. We've seen people struggle with, with it. Yeah, I agree. Um, Yeah. Some of the other names that's thrown out there, like Olenek, another really smart, um, kind of like played in these team. he hurts players and I feel like that kind of like <laughs> karma comes back to you that's fair that's fair but yeah just to continue your point about like high IQ guys that play in similar systems to Golden State um, that's that's the thought process and that's the hope and it's you also hope that they do something sooner rather than later so you have more time for them to get acclimated to the system um, so that's why people have been advocating for a trade essentially since like that first road trip they've been advocating for a trade but teams usually don't trade that early in the season um but yeah hopefully it's sooner than later and then you get a high IQ player that can kind of fit in seamlessly um whose role won't be crazy anyway so they can just kind of easily slide into that role listen guys let me tell y'all something I know people think it's sports and they think some of us are crazy and so they say like oh you can't pray about sports you can't just stuff Yes, you can. Don't listen to them. We want some other players. If you pray, pray. If you manifest, manifest. If you talk to the universe, whatever your processes, do it. We have to manifest what we want, okay? We have to manifest it. So do what you do in your ritual, whatever it is, but collectively as Dub Nation, we need to start manifesting and making some things happen because we need some changes, all right? Okay. We, we, yeah, we trying to fill up the hand. <laughs> there you trying go. To fill up the hand. <laughs> One for the thumb. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thank you for tuning in with us today. We hope you enjoyed the episode. We'll also be dropping um, another episode to just preview that Christmas Christmas Day matchup. So um, tune in. Look out for that. But we appreciate the questions and the support and continue to, you know, listen tell people about us send us some feedback let us know other things you might like us to do we really appreciate your support uh happy holiday season and um we'll be talking to you again soon take care